0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Today's episode of the Believe in Steeler show is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're into the offseason for the NFL. Still a ton to wager on with basketball, hockey, and so forth. A lot of offseason storylines to discuss as well. If you want to place a bet on any of the sports action,
0: betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 247, seven days a week. Make sure y'all go to any sport or any sport. BetOnline.ag.
1: Head over to the website today. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, Pittsburgh Steelers scout, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor IT. It's Monday. It's a new week, which means we've got a loaded show of the Believe in Steelers show here this morning. It's Monday. How are you doing this morning, my man?
0: New week, new day, Um, a lot of activity going on in in the football world. So yeah, let's get this thing started, Mark.
1: Ike, I'll backtrack and we'll go to where we're going to start. A lot of storylines this NFL offseason. All the coaching hires and vacancies are filled. We'll discuss that. Chiefs celebrating their Super Bowl victory. I'll ask what it's like from a player's perspective. Eric Bieniemy going to the Washington Commanders, but we start Pittsburgh Steelers pioneer. He's coached for the team for the last 29 years, Ike. Coach John Mitchell is going to retire in your opinion, you played under him. What did he mean to the game? I'm going to give you the floor, Ike, because this is someone who is an absolute pioneer in the football world. Again, he's coached for almost five decades, the last 29, as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Um, Coach Bear Bryant's first black uh, player for the University of Alabama. Um, ran a recruiting trip, uh, D-line and linebackers at Louisiana State University, LSU. Um, Getting to the league, uh, produce uh, Aaron Smith, uh, Brett Kiesel, and I'm talking about sixth and seventh rounders into all pros and pro bowlers. Um, As you can see, acquired Cam Hayward. And, you know, from what it's looking like, whenever he retires, he probably goes to the Hall of Fame uh made his defense align, understand every position, whether it's linebackers, corners, or safeties. Coach Mitch was just different. Uh, you want to talk about what's hanging up on the back behind me? Uh, black art. He got me into black art and the value of black art. Uh put down the tequilas and 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 started going with the red wires. And collecting good red wines to pass down to my son, that's Coach Mitch. So Coach Mitch is just a little bit of everything. Coach Mitch is a pioneer towards football, not only football, but just educating uh, yourself as a as a young as a young man. And uh Coach Mitch, uh the reason why he was assistant coach for so long for for Coach Tomlin and Coach Kyle was because he just get it. He just get what it was. Uh, he'd been through the trenches, he'd been through a lot of adversity. But Coach Mitch, uh, towards the times I've been knowing him through the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, um, just players who played under Coach Mitch, they got a story for him. And and usually the story for Coach Mitch, uh, it was a life story. It helped this player in life, not only on the football field, but in life. Um, So many guys quietly uh, go back to that facility, um, not only to see each other, or or get on the phone and text, but to go see Coach Mitch. The impact of Coach John Mitchell uh, was huge, and he's really not talked about as much. Um, I saw saw the Steelers have posted him on Instagram um, that he was retiring, and I just told everybody on my story, man, y'all need to Google this man, because he's bigger uh, than what you can ever imagine or dream about. The impact of Coach Mitch throughout that organization was huge. So, Coach Mitch just, uh, like just like my name on, on my Instagram. Coach Mitch is just one of a kind. Uh, them guys don't come around too often. I know we talk about this on the show a lot, Mark. i just been very blessed just to be around good, beautiful people, whether it's coaches or employees, especially in my NFL career. So, Coach Mitch, just, he's just one of a kind. Mark, um, I stepped my game up uh, for Coach Mitch. Uh, He the one walking into the facility, um, our practice facility when it was cold. He said, nobody should never catch a ball on you. He said, I just seen a lot of corners come through, but I I love your talent. Uh, Step your practice habits up. I'm like, dang, Coach Mitch, um, all I do is bust my butt every day at practice. He was like, nah, step your mental. Game up. So understand what everybody needs to be at. So when Coach LeBeau makes these calls, you understand whether he's thinking run or pass. I said, "Oh, okay." That kind of that kind of game up. So Coach Mitchell, like I said, Mark, he's just all the way different, one of a kind for sure. He he would truly be missed in that facility.
1: Did you ever see firsthand Ike with your teammates? And the reason I ask this is I read a lot of the tributes that were written about Coach Mitchell. Did you ever see firsthand where with the younger guys early on, they're like, oh, man, Coach Mitchell again, it's like he's got it out for me. But then it pays dividends down the line if you actually
0: listen to what he's telling you. He hard, he hard, he hard on them, Mark, he hard on them. But, you know, that's an old saying, man. If my coach is hard on hard on me, that means he loves me. Once my coach stopped talking to me, he, they feel like they didn't did everything they could do. You just didn't want to listen. But everything Coach Mitch explained to any young defensive lineman, man, he wasn't doing nothing but telling them the truth because he did it before. He'd been there before. So Coach Mitch, from a coaching standpoint, he don't yell. He don't yell at all. But uh, when they go watch practice tape in that defensive line room, uh, it's, it's going to be like grandpa talking to you. <laughs> so he, he, he ment- he's mentally challenging you uh, each and every day, but he just wants the best out of all his players. Yeah, Ike, the tributes I read where it was
1: like he would make a lot of the young defensive linemen either come in to meet him early before they were required to be there or stay late when you're not just physically exhausted, but mentally exhausted after a full day's work. And that's what it took to elevate players' games. And you mentioned some of your teammates where – like you, they weren't first or second round picks, but they had to work their way up, not just to perfect their craft, but to have success in the league as well.
0: Once you get to the NFL, you had a spot where it's only a few, you know, fifteen hundred total sitting on the roster, including guys on the practice squad. Now you're probably looking at close to 1700, 1,800. and we're talking about in the world, you know. And I tell my, I tell my. uh the guys I coach and players, this man, it's 180,000 between division one, two, or three players that play football. Only 254 get drafted. And we're not even talking about your position. Maybe 28 get drafted at your position, whether you're a corner or receiver. But when you come down to that D and offensive line, maybe five centers might get drafted. Maybe defensive tackles, maybe 10 to 12. So it's scarce. So you got to be the cream of the crop. To get drafted, and Coach Mitch didn't take that for granted, or he didn't take that light. So that's what he tried to instill in a lot of these players, man. It's very fortunate that you're in the NFL. But by the end of the day, it's very fortunate that you playing you playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here's why. Let's uh, rewind all the way back to the 1970s where all this success kind of started, where there was pioneers to winning Super Bowls after Super Bowls after Super Bowl. So um Coach Mitch, he hard. He 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 he's another one that you didn't wanna let down. So say, um uh, him and Dick Lebeau had that had that grand that granddad mentality. Coach Mitch was just probably uh the dark side of Coach LeBeau when it came down to that that grandpa mentality. But Coach Mitch one of a kind for sure, bro.
1: Yeah, Ike, not only the first black player to play at Alabama in his second year with the program as a player, became the first black co-captain at the school as well. So you talk about old school pioneer as a player, then transitioning to being a coach. He started his coaching career at Alabama in 1973. He was the team's defensive ends coach, and he goes on to have a storied coaching career spanning five decades. So you want to give him his flowers, Ike, and this is someone who... Doesn't get the notoriety, the pub, the press, but, you know, we're starting today's show talking about the impact that he had because you put five decades into anything, let alone the last 29 as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like that's as long as I've been alive. So there you go.
0: Me too. That, that's just showing how much Pittsburgh in the football world value coach John Mitchell. Five decades.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Ike. So congrats to him in retirement and, and everything. And just, again, everything he's done for the game. Quick other note before we go on to the Eric Bieniemy news. The Steelers have also hired Seahawks assistant Aaron Curry as linebackers coach. That fills the void by Brian Flores as well. So some coaching news with the Steelers as well. And we'll see how all of this continues to shake out with the offseason. I, I want to move on, though. Eric Bieniemy leaving the Kansas City Chiefs. And this weekend's the AFC, in my opinion, Ike. But when I first saw this, it was like, why would he want to leave Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and company? And then you do some more research, and it's like, wait a second now. He wasn't even calling the plays in Kansas City. That was left to Andy Reid as the offensive coordinator for the last six seasons. They've had tremendous success in Kansas City. But he comes in and takes over in Washington the last six years. The commanders have failed to finish with an offense ranked in the top 15 in either points or yards during that time span. He'll get his opportunity to call plays. Potentially, this leads to a head coaching position. To me, it's not, okay, I want to leave Patrick Mahomes to coach Taylor Heineke. It's not as simple as that, but it's for the opportunity to eventually position himself to be a head coach because for whatever reason, he's been passed up time and time and time again. And Before I've turned the floor over to you, I sent this to you uh, in advance of the show. During Super Bowl 57, it was Coach Bienemy who noticed the coverage tendencies – to where the Chiefs had two easy touchdowns to both Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore, where they faked the jet motion sweep. It was Eric Bieniemy was the one who noticed that, and the Chiefs had two wide open touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So clearly, he has an eye for this, and if he even has two thirds to three quarters of the success that he had in Kansas City, this will be a good hire for the Washington Commanders. Ike.
0: First of all, I think it's I think it's a, a lot of false narratives that Coach Eric Bieniemy. Uh, wasn't uh, calling some of the plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach Eric Bandamy uh, had a lot of input on making those calls. Um, well, Coach-
1: full-time, full time, Mike. I'm with you there, but I'm saying to where it's like he it, – I, I hear you. I hear you. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: But you get a lot of other – you get a lot of other coaches who get opportunities that not even close to looking at Coach Eric Bandamy's resume – that's getting these head, these head coaching jobs, head coaching jobs. Um, you look at a lot of other uh coaches who don't have the the success, the input. Um, you see Patrick Mahomes, not only is he talking to Coach Andy Reid, but when they go down and sitting on the bench, uh, who has that iPad or that or that Microsoft board? Uh talking with Patrick Mahomes is Coach Eric Bienemy. Um, Coach Eric B. And I've been on Coach Eric Bien-Ami, uh for at least twelve years, um, just off of him playing and coaching mm-hmm. because of MJD Maurice Jones-Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Eric Eric Bien-Ami, uh, he's another brilliant mind when it comes down to understanding what defense is doing, attacking defense's soft spots, and getting the game plan ready. So you can only imagine how 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 much of a Robin. He was the Coach Andy Reid when it came down to making those calls. Coach Andy Reid have been to a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, but Coach Eric, but Coach Andy Reid have been won. And I think a lot of that has to do with the input of Coach Eric bien in and understanding exactly how to attack coverages. Um, I, I got to give um, a lot of praise to Coach Andy Reid. I think Coach Andy Reid uh, kind of put some of his – Knowledge aside, and soaking in some of Coach Eric Bieniemy's knowledge because Coach Eric Bieniemy might look at attacking the defense different ways. It, you just never know. But Coach Eric Bieniemy, man, I think the time—the time is right. The time has came. We talked about Coach Eric Bieniemy on the show numerous of times on why he haven't had a head coaching job. Um, this time might put him more in the for- forefront than what he was with Kansas City Chiefs. But Coach E. Coach E B, man, um, I'm just happy for him. I think it's been a long time coming. Uh, we talked about, and I'd be the first—I'd be the first to say this—we've talked about uh, guys who have major impacts, and we said, "Man, what the Kansas City Chiefs going to do when they lose Cheetah?" Well, I think um, I want to see my personal opinion now. Uh, on the flip side, what Kansas City Chiefs going to do when they lose Eric Bieniemy? So time, so time will tell. We shall, we shall see how much of an impact he was dealing with uh, the lost or the the value on coming up with some of these game plans against other teams' defenses. So uh, we talked, uh, we talked a lot of smack. Uh, let's see, how, let's see how much smack we'll talk. Uh, the man behind the scenes, so saying, Coach Eric Bieniemy. And he has the opportunity to prove to us in the football world going with the Washington Commanders, I told y'all. So we shall see what uh, the Washington Commanders do because they did make the playoffs two years ago with the Taylor Heineke, so to say. Mm-hmm. So it just go it just goes on. We'll see what they get in the draft. We'll see what they do in the offseason, Mark. But um, my personal opinion, this is a major. Take players out of it. This is a major hit to the Kansas City Chiefs in that offense and that organization.
1: Ike, you're in my brain, and that's a dangerous place to be. (laughs) How the Chiefs fill the void is something that I wanted to discuss next because Matt Nagy, the former Bears head coach, he had been an assistant long time under Andy Reid in the Chiefs organization. I would assume he's next in line, but you're losing the enemy, and I look at it from this standpoint, Ike. Got a lot of friends in Kansas City. I'm a University of Missouri grad. A lot of friends in Kansas City that are devastated by this news with Eric bien leaving because they're genuinely concerned. Then I look to see, okay, what does he mean to the players, the key players in that locker room? Patrick Mahomes loves him. Tyree Kill is no longer there, so he has no reason to lie. They have nothing but praises to say about Eric bien and now he's not. Now he's in Washington. Now he's not going to be in Kansas City. Is there going to be a drop off? We know how difficult it is to repeat as Super Bowl champions. It hasn't been done since 0304 with the Patriots. And you have to wonder as Mahomes gets older and you've got to pay him half a billion dollars as part of his contract. Travis Kelsey's still doing his thing but they don't have that dynamic, explosive playmaker that they had with the Tyree kill, And now they lose one of their play callers, a brilliant, genius offensive mind, Ike. And those two touchdowns is something we talked about immediately after the Super Bowl. They were two absolutely critical plays. And yes, you credit the players for the execution, Ike, but he saw something that opened up easy touchdowns when the windows are tighter in the goal line. It's harder to complete passes. You always tell me, Ike, you can't give up a blade of grass anywhere on the field, but specifically in the red zone, because you're playing with the shortened field and the Chiefs were able to make it look easy. And one other point too, we've said this, Ike, and I would encourage any offensive coordinators or offensive minds in this league, if you want to get better, look at what the Chiefs do in terms of their red zone execution. Ike, I feel like we were saying it all season long this past season, Eric Bieniemy, whether he's calling the plays full-time or not, is certainly a key contributor to that, and so there's going to be a huge void there in Kansas City now.
0: Yeah, Mark, when you want to talk about uh Eric Benjamin EB, uh, let's let's go to running backs. So Coach Eric Benjamin played running back his whole life, um, going to Rutgers, uh, drafting a late round draft pick and push for What how you say his name, uh, Pacheco Pacheco. Um, getting Pacheco in the later draft, um, him wind up being a featured f- featured back. Um, coach Eric Bien-Aimé, uh saying draft these red flag players. I got them because a lot of these players for the Kansas City Chiefs coming out either had red flags or they're quiet guys. Um, Kadarius Tony, a uh, red flag. So how you think Coach Andy Reed felt? Like you know what? I got a coach on staff he can relate to him. He can talk to him. He can make my job a little bit easier. Uh, Because you do, to get to what Kansas City Chiefs has been the past five, six years, AFC Championship Super Bowls, you got to have guys with red flags. If you look at the majority of the Hall of Famers, um, most of them had red flags coming out of college because you need a lot of alphas on the football field because it's organized violence. That's all football is. And them guys, them guys are wired a little bit different. It's one thing that they hate and they hate to the lose, whether it's in practice, whether it's playing cards, whether it's playing the PlayStation, whether it's on the field competing. Uh, when you, when you, when you get a few red flag guys, I'm not saying your whole team got to be a bunch of red flag guys, but usually your red flag guys. And I, I'm just going off of my personal experience. They wired a little bit different, bro.
1: All the way wide. Ike, let me piggyback off this too with the Kadarius-Tony acquisition, right? And you're saying, wait a second. Well, he's a first rounder. How is he a red flag guy? Point blank period. He didn't score a touchdown when he's a member of the Giants. So how do you utilize, how do you maximize his ability, someone who is talented enough to get drafted in the first round? And how can you salvage him? How can you get the most out of him as a player? How can you get him playing at his highest level?
0: That's what we're talking about here. Well, I'm also talking about coming out of college. Yeah. Like Travis Kelsey coming out of college. Yep. Travis Kelsey had a few red flags. Tariq, Tariq Hill coming out of college. Had a few red flags. Kadarius Tony coming out of college. Had a few red flags. Okay, I got somebody on staff who who these guys can relate to and talk to. And that's Coach Eric bien So what I'm saying, yes, I'm saying from a player standpoint, you lose some all-pro good players, but from a coaching staff standpoint and from a guy who's value. Who value was real high in that organization, we shall see from this point on how KC would do, not only from the play calling, but guys who did have red flags and you had a coach on that coaching staff who them guys can't relate to.
1: Keeping it in Kansas City, Chiefs celebrate their Super Bowl 57 victory with a parade, Ike, last week. Kansas City on full display What I wanted to ask you, and you got to be in two Super Bowl parades in Pittsburgh, what's it like from a player's perspective to see a city in celebration after winning the Super Bowl? I imagine you're not getting a lot of sleep either after the big game, after a big win, but what's it like from the player's perspective?
0: Acting exactly how Patrick Mahomes acting, out of your body. (laughs) That's exactly what you're doing, Mark. Look, Mark, it, it, start, it starts It starts in the locker room right after the Super Bowl, Mark. So you're in the locker room right after the Super Bowl and there's cigars and there's champagne. And I've done it and I've seen it. On the airplane after the Super Bowl with your Super Bowl outfit on. Ain't even worrying about changing your clothes. Drop down, drop down, back into your city clothes uniform still on go from go from uniform still on so changing from out your cleats to some either flip-flops or shoes then it's just a 48 to 72 hour party <laughs> that's that, that's it's just non, it's just non-stop sleep mark it's just it's 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 the it's the pinnacle for a football player, everything you could dream or imagine. And you just in the moment and you just riding that wave. And that wave is that wave is 48 to 72 hours. Um, Troy Palomalu jumping off, jumping off the bus into the crowd going into a wave because he knew the crowd was going to catch him and wave him back onto that bus and get you outside of your mind and get you outside of your body. So when When we were winning, I sat down in Pittsburgh and had a few brews on the corner with the people, with people in uniform. And we sat and we sat and we chopped it up for at least seven, eight hours. You know, their boss was calling them to work. They was telling their boss who they was with, and the (laughs) boss carry on. Carry on. So, when you when you win Super Bowls, not only do it helps your legacy, because I'm just proof in that. Um, obviously, I've been there three one two, so I've been very fortunate with that. But man, the whole city for Pittsburgh, for us, man, it started in that locker room. From that locker room to the plane, from the plane, touch back down into the city. I mean, when we when we came from the from Detroit, our first Super Bowl and. Oh five oh six, man, and we and we landed. It was so many people at the airport when we landed, and we and I'm and I'm talking about 1 30, 2 o'clock in the morning. We like that's hey, dedication, Ike. Man, we like man, y'all people got to go to work, and they said, nah. When y'all win Super Bowls, that's a, a holiday for us. Yeah, <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no such thing as work. So. Yeah, Mark. Them Super Bowl celebrations. I can go on and on and on for days, for days. But I don't miss Courtney Huster. I've got a lot of work to be done. <laughs> but you just, you just outside, you just outside of your body when it comes down. The city really embraces you. It gives the city one more year to talk smack to whoever they want to talk to into the next year. And if you have six like the Pittsburgh Steelers have, you know. It, it, you know, you call it, it Six Bird. That's exactly what you call it. But it's a little bit different celebration. I'm talking about 72. I did it on both ends. 72 hours straight. That's three days. 72 hours straight. No sleep. Acting just like Patrick Mahomes. So the way Patrick Mahomes is acting um, now on social media, he's just having fun. Because back in the day when social media wasn't as big, we was acting the same way, Mark.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see how Travis Kelsey does on SNL too. That's going to be on March the 4th. Uh, so I'm setting my DVR made, for that. He made,
0: yeah. T- TK made for that, man. TK made for TV. He made to have the mic in his hand. He made, he's made the DJ. Um, he's made the host. That's just TK, man. TK, TK, T- TK just got it in him. He got it in him.
1: I've got two requests, Ike. Number one, I hope we get a Jabroni reference. And then I hope we get a Mama Kelsey reference as well during the SNL sketch. Uh, That'll be on March the 4th. Really looking forward to that. Ike could keep talking about Super Bowl celebrations, but we got two more segments to get through. We need to move on. All five head coaching vacancies are filled. Broncos get Sean Payton. Cardinals get Jonathan Gannon. Colts hire Shane Steichen. Panthers hire Frank Reich. And the Texans hired D'Amico Ryans. Among the five hires, Ike, which is the best and why? Yeah,
0: anywhere Sean Payton going is the best decision you can ever make uh, for organization. Hmm. We forgot that Drew Brees uh, told his shoulder showed up, was supposed to sign with Miami, wind up going with the Saints. Now he's going to the Hall of Fame in five more years. And you want to talk about a quarterback whisperer is Coach Sean Payton. That's exactly what he do. You want to talk about Taysom Hill, um, who's pretty much a Swiss Army knife, who can play pretty much any position on the football, on the football field? I ain't talking about offense. I'm talking about on the football field. Coachan Payton, man, say, man, let me get you a quarterback right quick. You want to talk about revamping the Teddy Bridgewater or Jameis Winston, Winston, uh, you got to look at Coachan Payton. So co Coach Sean Payton is the quarterback whisperer. Uh that's the best fit, I think, because they already had a defense. They had a top five defense in the league. Okay, we get Coach Sean Payton. I know that's that at least at least that's 10 to 12 points. That's what Coach Sean Payton can do for you. Uh 15, 15 for sure. So if I if I got a if I got a brilliant mind like Coach Sean Payton, and I got a Russell Wilson who had a down, year, and Coach Sean Payton, one thing I know, he going to run that whole show. Ain't nobody going to be looking over his shoulder Coach Sean Payton went to Denver. And the only reason why he went to Denver was because man, I'm a if y'all y'all for me to come there, I have to run this show. And that's exactly what he's doing. So, I think that's the best fit. If Coach Sean Payton wouldn't went anywhere, that's a major upgrade for whoever organization that was. He just he just so happened to go to uh, the Denver Broncos. So I'm I'm saying 15 points just off for of Sean, and his and his play calling. Now it's going to be up to Russ to add another 15 points to it. But when you got Coach Sean Payton, I know Coach Sean Payton for sure. And this a man who don't even play. His mind's just so good in play calling and getting guys in positions to make plays. That's 15 points off the rip. So you got top five defense. You got Coach Sean Payton, who can give you 15. Hopefully Russ can revamp. His career and give you another 15. And the Denver Broncos is going to be exactly what we thought they would be last year, this year, because of Coach Sean Payton.
1: Mm-hmm. I right, come with you. And yes, resurrecting Russell Wilson is what everyone's going to focus on. The guy I have my eyes on, Javante Williams, the running back guy. And I'm going to give some advice to our listeners right now. It's coming on February the 20th. For your fantasy football draft, take Javante Williams high in this draft because his level of production is going to go up maybe several tiers. It's going to increase exponentially with Sean Payton in Denver. And I think the organizational success that Denver traditionally has had Makes him a great fit there. I thought you were going to go with D'Amico Ryans with the Texans. Now, the Texans for the last several years haven't had stability, but they've got the second and the 12th overall picks. Ryans played for the team as a player. And I think about the personality that Robert Sala brought, a former 49ers defensive coordinator, to the Jets as their head coach, and has completely changed the culture in that locker room. If you stick with D'Amico Ryan and give him several years, I think he's going to be able to do the same thing in Houston. Houston just needs stability, and they need to start to revamp their roster. I'm going to go with D'Amico Ryan's here, just to piggyback off you. I'd pick Peyton first, but D'Amico Ryan's is where I would go next, Ike, because you've got the two first-round picks this year, so you've got a little bit of a blank canvas. But you need to revamp the culture in Houston. I think Ryan's could do that coming over from San Francisco.
0: Yeah, um, I love I love D'Amico, uh, watching him play and coaching. You just saw the temperature, the attitude, the vibe from the San Francisco 49ers uh, defense, and that just carried on to the offense. So, And that's all because of Coach D'Amico Ryan and uh, his mind, his coming up with plays, and his style of play. Um, he's playing how we used to play in this new generation of football. So he just figured out how he need to get his guys to play without getting flags and getting suspended and getting fines and that good stuff. Um Anthony. I tell you this, and I'm just speculating, I'm I'm just guessing. I know we're talking about Ohio State quarterback, Alabama quarterback, but don't be surprised if he gets Florida quarterback. Anthony Richardson? Yes, because you're gonna need you're gonna need a quarterback. You wanna talk about a guy who doesn't have a ceiling when it comes to athleticism. Athleticism. 6'4, six, 6'5, six, 240, that can move and who's agile, it's him. So now I just need to build, I need to build around him. So I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Mark, uh, it's February, what's the date?
1: 20th. February 20th.
0: 20th. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out though.
1: Well, Ike in the AFC, you're gonna to have to potentially go through three stud quarterbacks, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen, right? What happens with Lamar Jackson? You're gonna need someone. So you might need to go with the guy who doesn't have a ceiling. He but the bust potential is also there. But if you can develop the player and you can surround himself with the right coaching, with the right personnel, that's why you go after a guy like Anthony Richardson. Ike with the 12th pick. I don't know if Richardson's still gonna be there. Texans have the second pick. Could they potentially trade back? What happens with Chicago's first pick? And Ike, this is a perfect transition because we're going to talk draft all offseason long leading up to April. But the biggest storylines of the offseason, fill in the blank. What do you think is the biggest storyline this offseason, Ike? And I'll go from there.
0: Man, if Chicago don't get number 88 from defense alignment from Georgia, something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're in my brain again, Ike. That that's the that, that, I'm. Uh, you want to talk about you do want to talk about a grown man, a, a a game a game changer, just a game changer. If Chicago don't get that young man 88 from the Georgia Bulldogs that defensive that defense, I'm not even gonna call him a defensive tackle. He's a defensive lineman. He can play wherever you want him to play, and if you want him to play outside linebacker in the in the three four or align him up to blitz in the as a middle linebacker have at it because he there's nothing he can't do but that's gonna be my biggest offseason takeaway for the draft if the chicago bears don't get number 88 if they don't get number 88 it's gonna be it's, gonna be, it's Ike, gonna be a problem
1: i am with you i'd be fine if the bears drafted him number one overall and didn't trade back if they can get value trade that pick to a team that needs one of these stud quarterbacks, trade back to the pick to what you could get to still draft Carter and dominate the line of scrimmage for the next decade plus. Cool? Cool. Because that's what I would do if I was Chicago. I, I'm with you, Ike. But
0: like, like Chicago already got their quarterback. I, I, yeah, with I'm, fields.
1: With fields. But they, yeah. they have to, I mean, the Bears need a lot. But when you talk about only 20 sacks for the entire season, the defense was abysmal once they traded away – robert quinn and my linebacker uh, roquan smith but you want to dominate the line of scrimmage for the next decade plus you want to play in quote unquote bear weather in november december january hopefully and what have you had success with with your franchise it's stud defense and it's running the ball the bears have been looking for a quarterback for forever they might have one in justin fields but to me it's a no-brainer right too because if you go with Will Anderson from Alabama, and he's a stud prospect too, I, I really like him. But he's not going to matter on the edge if your interior Mark, is not stout.
0: Mark, hey, you just said it. Mark, 88 from Georgia. He's the game changer. You get 88 from Georgia, Mark, you and I can start calling defensive calls for the Chicago Bears. <laughs>
1: Ike, what would you say is the biggest storyline? You could take this outside of the draft if you want to. I really think there's two, uh, and if you want me to give you my two, I I can go from there, but I think there's two big storylines that we need to keep our eye on this offseason. All right, then, take off. Okay, what happens with Lamar Jackson? We'll go into that, and then does Aaron Rodgers stay in Green Bay? Does he go to New York? Now, let's start with Lamar Jackson. Ravens have a decision to make exclusive tag, non-exclusive tag. Let me explain you the difference. The difference is about $14 million. The exclusive tag is more costly though, meaning the Ravens can keep him at $45 million per year. No one else can go after Lamar. If they put the non-exclusive tag on him, another team can say, hey, we'll pay Lamar Jackson. The Ravens have the rights to match, but that leaves him out on the board to where another team could trade for him for say two first round draft picks. So that's what I'm keeping my eye on with Lamar, because I think the franchise tag with him is going to be inevitable. Then the question leads to, after you get between the exclusive and non-exclusive tag Ike is, does Lamar end up holding out? And I think that he will end up holding out if he he's put under the franchise tag. And then what do the Ravens do? So that's what I'm keeping my eye on. Number one, I have my crazy half-baked theory that I think he could wind up in Tampa. And then number two with Rogers to the jets it goes back to what we were talking to last offseason, Ike, where there were rumors that Rodgers could go out to Denver. And it's like, do you really want to play Josh Allen every year, twice a year? Do you want to play Bill Belichick and the Patriots? And then you've got to take on Tua and the Dolphins that are up and coming as well. The grass isn't always greener. I think that in the NFC North, the Vikings are a paper tiger. 11 of the 13 wins the Vikings had this past season came in one-score games. Yes, Detroit's on the up and up. They look pretty good right now. The Bears have a ton of draft capital and a ton of salary cap space, but they're still rebuilding too. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, like, I know that you've been in Green Bay for forever. You had a stud rookie receiver this year. To me, I just don't understand what he's disgruntled about. But if he goes to New York, we're seeing all of this this drama in Green Bay. In media market number one, Ike, it would be must-watch television if Aaron Rodgers does, in fact, become a New York Jet.
0: Yeah, Mar, I, I think we already talked about, um, at the beginning of our show, the biggest thing in the offseason, and it's Coach Eric Ben and me leaving the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. So I, I think that's the biggest offseason move, my, my personal opinion. So I would like to see what the Kansas City Chiefs do in 2023 um without coach Eric Bieniemy, Um in my mind, I think he's the biggest transaction. Um I know we're talking about Lamar. I know we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. It's 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 highly good to talk about uh quarterbacks in the offseason. But um if the Ravens don't sign Lamar then the Ravens I don't I don't understand why if they don't. Um Aaron Rodgers he been he been he been tickling us for the last couple of years on uh retiring not retiring. Uh, what do you feel like he needs um on the team so I'm just I'm just kind of like exhausted from talking about Aaron Rodgers on 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 how he acts um in in the offseason season and how he feels um he knows he's in the position of power so I can't knock him from that standpoint but uh they haven't been to the Super Bowl since 2009. so it's it's going on 2023. We're in 2023 right now, so Aaron Rodgers, uh, regardless on what he thinks or how he feels, he you know he's going to the Hall of Fame. It's it's just do the man want another Super Bowl or not. So um, that's that's how fast football passes you by. They beat us in 2000, that 2008 nine season, and they haven't been back since in 2023. That's a long time ago. So for me, it's Eric Biedemann. Um I would like to see. Um, I said nothing about when when they lost Cheetah. I wasn't worried because I knew they had Eric Bien-Ami. Um, I knew Andy Reid and Eric Benjamin, that, that duo, they'll figure something out. So, and they did. They wound up winning another one. But it's going to be Coach Eric Benjamin. I think Coach Eric Benjamin is the, is the biggest transaction in 2023 football world. Ike, that
1: comes from a tremendous amount of insight. I am very surprised to hear you say that. I mean, a few other things I want to mention and we'll wrap here. Texans with the second and the twelfth pick. I've got my eye on that. Who takes over for the Buccaneers in post Tom Brady area era in 2023? There is a ton this off season, and it's like we're only at the tip of the iceberg, Ike. And we could talk till sundown about all of this, but we've got to wrap today's show. Uh, today's sponsor of the Believe in Steeler show brought to you by BetOnline.ag, Ike. I want to thank you. You're the absolute best. Our video producers over at Brinks TV, led by. Uh, John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and the whole crew over there. Uh, Ike, I want to thank you yet again. And I'm very excited where, you know, we don't have game action, but there is still a ton to talk about. We're going to get you ready for April's draft here in the coming weeks too. We've got a a lot of high quality guests coming up here on the Believe It's Dealer show. So very excited for our listeners and viewers. We're going to continue to provide the best NFL insight.
0: Yeah, make sure y'all keep tuning in to the Believe in Steelers podcast. I wanted to give a, another big shout-out to BetOnline.ag, Miss um, Courtney and her crew at Brinks TV. Man, y'all always got us looking good, trying to make sure we're on y'all time. It's 11 o'clock, so we should wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching Mark and I as well. Mark, I want to thank you as well. I want to thank everybody for who, who have been working behind the scenes for us on this podcast. want to thank Believe in Podcast as well. Uh, make sure y'all – Subscribe and make sure y'all give us five stars. Uh, All we do is have fun, be insightful, and just talk football. For Rick Taylor, I'm
1: Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care and so long,
0: everybody. Peace.